Hello and welcome along to this latest episode of Edie's Susty Talks, our short but sweet one-on-one podcast interviews designed to keep us all a bit more informed and connected on sustainable business, even if we're pressed for time. We've been running this series since 2020 during the first lockdown here in the UK and we're continuing strong into 2024. And I'm delighted to be on the line today with Sam Booth, who is Director of Sustainability at AEG Europe, to learn a bit more about sustainable concerts. So thank you so much for taking the time, Sam. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you for squeezing in the time, because I know it's, a, it's yeah, bright in the middle of spring concert season and there's some super interesting stuff going on that we can talk about, including carbon removed concerts. But I'm sure we can get into that. But um, it's probably best to start with the basics and have a quick introduction to yourself and and your role in your own words. Sure. Um, So, yeah, I am in charge of AUG Europe's uh, sustainability initiatives across all of our venues, our festivals and our tours. So um, we're the guys behind the O2 Arena in London, uh, but also BST Festival in Hyde Park. Another one many of your listeners will probably be aware of is Coachella over in the United States and many venues across the European continent as well. So it's quite a broad, wide ranging brief, but a lot of really exciting stuff happening in the space. So it's a great role. Yeah, not to mention the concert tickets that you get as part of the role. (laughs) It's a nice perk. And I understand that your role was a new one created last year. So it would be great to hear about how that came to be and how and why AEG has been updating its strategic positioning on sustainability recently. Yeah. So, I mean, there's I can't claim credit for a lot of the amazing work that's been happening long before I started the role. I mean, the company has been taking lots of great strides for a long period of time. And I think, you know, a lot of that stems from the fact that it's it's a young business. A lot of people, young people are attracted to this kind of industry. Um, and the music industry as a whole is, you know, is keen to be seen to do the right thing in lots of different areas of responsibility. So I think for the business itself, there's lots of really great stuff that's been happening. Um, I think the the genesis of my role, though, generally came about from the need to start turbocharging it a bit, start moving things forward as quickly as possible and starting to kind of be able to communicate things in the right way. So like I'm sure you're aware, like the space is becoming more and more complicated with every passing year. More and more legislation is coming out, more and more um, issues are arising. And I mean, being able to kind of wrap up what we're doing and talking about it in a in a way that our fans will understand, but also in a way that kind of gets around the new requirements that are coming up from governments in the EU about how we talk about these issues and talk about them in the correct way is, is, is super important. Um, and ultimately, you know, it's the business wants to be in a position where we can be a market leader and to do that we need to have someone in a role which is helping to kind of unify all the different aspects of the business um, create a strategy which is going to help move the company forward in a really good way so without before that before me there was no kind of strategy unifying all the different aspects of the business and because it's a, it's a big business with you know tentacles in a lot of different directions it's difficult sometimes to kind of make sure that everyone's kind of aiming towards one north star so my role is very much to kind of bring together all those different aspects make sure we are all kind of aiming for the right thing 
and ultimately uh, kind of achieving the best work that we can do across all the different areas of the business. I mean, it makes complete sense. I find it similar to what's going on in football as well, Mm. whereas this might have sat with, you know, the facilities managers would do the energy procurement and the waste contracts. um, And there'd be other teams working on community sustainability. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of them are now getting, yeah, directors of sustainability, chief sustainability officers. And I wanted to get your view on whether, Sam, others in the music industry and live events are feeling the same pressures um, and calls to action at the moment that, that you are. I'd assume yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, there's so many passionate people across all aspects of our business doing really great work. And and kind of, as I said, like before I even arrived, like really amazing things had already started happening. I think, you know, it's difficult unless it is someone's pure day job to focus and think about these things. It's quite difficult sometimes to make sure that those initiatives are achieving everything they set out to achieve in the first instance. Like, I can only be there as a support for a lot of these people. I'm not the person on the ground doing the work, like interacting with the fans and all that kind of stuff. So without those super passionate people, it is difficult for for the company to get its strategy working. But I think it is important to have someone overseeing all of it, just making sure that the work is doing what it sets out to do, is achieving you know, noticeable strides towards a more sustainable future, and also making sure that everyone kind of understands the direction that is going in. I think a big part of my role is kind of bringing the entire company together and making sure that everyone knows what the direction is without that People are just doing lots of really good, interesting things, but it can feel a bit disparate sometimes. And so hopefully my role is is a key part of bringing all those things together. That makes complete sense. We've talked there really top line, really big picture stuff, but it'd be great to dive into some specific projects that I'm sure have been keeping you and your team busy recently. So we are on this call in late February. So just a few days ago, we attended what is badged as the world's first carbon removed concerts of an arena scale and they were for the 1975 at the O2. So I'd love to hear what that means um, and what the practicalities are of achieving this sort of industry first kind of carbon removal project. Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, I would say this, but I do genuinely think it's a big step forward for the music industry. The event industry as a whole has a big issue when it comes to the scope three emissions that we can do very, very little about. So, for example, an average event at the O2 can have it's about 60 to 80 percent of its carbon footprint can come just from fan travel alone. So fan travel, you know, unless we shut our business is going to be very difficult for us to address. We can obviously encourage all forms of public transport. In fact, the O2 is is very well hooked up to London's transport system, but people will inevitably still drive. And until the tube network is fully decarbonised, until everyone's driving EVs, for example, until all the bus network in London is electrified, there will still be a considerable carbon footprint, which is way beyond our control. So to start dealing with that, we wanted to look at other ways of uh, mitigating those issues. And we've alighted on carbon removals as being the big thing that we want to focus on. So we've been working with our consultants at Greener Future, um, who are experts in event sustainability and also um, carbon removals company Curate. And between the three of us, we've kind of come up with this concept, which is the carbon removed concepts. 
By that, we mean that we're going to measure the entire footprint of the event. That's everything from fan travel, which we're measuring via fan surveys, all the way through to the merchandise sold, all the food and drink that we sell across the event, the power used by the venue itself, looking at the tour and how many trucks they bring, the types of trucks, etc. So we can come up with a really, really detailed picture of this particular event. We do obviously track all these things across the arena throughout the entire year, but having like a really specific granular picture of one event, I think it's firstly going to be super helpful for planning in the future, but also allows us to kind of come up with a very good idea of what the carbon footprint for these particular shows were, and then working with Curate to remove that carbon. So we've built in the cost of those carbon removals into the business plan so that ideally what we can do at the end of these shows is kind of package them up. We can take it to the industry basically and say, look, guys, we've managed to do this. We've folded all the costs in to the business. We added 90p into the tickets for all the fans to account for their travel to the arena. And that 90p is calculated roughly on an average fan journey to the arena so we know that to remove the carbon for that average fan journey would cost about 90p and we've built all the rest of the costs in throughout the rest of the business so we can then take this to the market at the end of at the end of the shows and say we've managed to do it we've managed to remove the carbon for these particular events using all the amazing technologies that curate have access to and we want to kind of make sure and show the industry that there is a way forward that we can stop mitigating the issues that we are causing as an industry and use this as kind of the stopgap, i guess until we can actually produce a genuinely net zero event which in my point of view is still quite a way away then i think it's probably worth talking about as you mentioned how carbon removal fits in with the other stuff that's going on if people in roles like yourself Sam, would probably ask how do you balance removals with with reduction and how do you yeah. bring that together as one strategy rather than something that yes is world leading and yes looks nice on the poster for a few dates but how do we keep the momentum going yeah absolutely i mean obviously reductions absolutely should come first and we are doing loads of work across the business um i mean the o2 specifically has been you know it's done great work procuring green energy for an awfully long time since 2015 um but it's actually reducing the amount of energy the venue uses as a whole which is the big difficult meaty part that needs to be tackled but you know we're, we're doing all the things that we should be doing replacing lightings with very high efficiency led lighting just last year alone that saved over 300,000 kilowatts of energy across the arena we're re-looking at all of our heating systems improving the efficiency of our boilers looking at heat pump technology to bring that in a big part of our footprint which a lot of people don't necessarily think about when they think about coming to events is food and drink and we have a lot of control over what happens within the arena when it comes to food and drink so our, our food menus we've been working with our catering partner levy um, to really drive down the carbon footprint of those menus we've removed the beef burger um, for example the menu that we trialed at the 1975 shows had a 30% carbon footprint reduction versus the menu that we were having before so we're really really trying to dial into all those tiny little details and figure out where we can make those savings at the same time as tackling the carbon removal um, aspect of it because ultimately I think we've kind of run out of time a little bit to tackle these issues i think we need to be doing both removals and reductions at the same time and luckily for a company of our kind of our size and scale i i think we we do have the ability to do that so yeah i think it is yes and rather than either or 
Totally understand that. And and you've touched on there that some things are in, in your control, like the menu, like the energy procurement, but a lot isn't like fan travel and also engaging with artist teams who aren't based at the venue um, mm-hmm. 24 7 365. So another project I wanted to, to talk about was your recent launch of something called Green Rider, which essentially provides artist teams and promoters coming to the venue with best practice um, on on what to do and how to fit in with existing sustainability commitments. So it'd be great to hear about how that works and why that is so important. Yeah, I mean, so the Green Rider is an amazing piece of work. It aims to really engage incoming tours with the issues that are very prevalent within the space. So it does a couple of different things. Firstly, it shows people what the O2 is doing in that space to kind of almost be a bit of an inspiration point really I think sometimes there can be this kind of issue in the music industry where venues ask quite a lot of incoming tours and actually maybe don't do so much themselves so firstly this kind of document is kind of showing look the O2 is doing all this amazing work and it's kind of inviting that open conversation saying that we're doing this maybe you guys can help us by doing x y or z from the recommendations that are included within the document um, we also really highlight all the amazing things that the O2 that incoming tours can take advantage of. So, for example, I mean, this is a very small example, but we've got um, back of house water points. So incoming tours don't need to bring with them bottled water, which is very prevalent still across all of the touring industry, mainly because a lot of venues don't have those back of house taps. It seems crazy and such a small thing, but actually arming incoming tours with that kind of knowledge just means that they don't have to have those aspects of the tour which are so so detrimental to the overall environmental impact and then lastly it's really about offering up really kind of actionable things that tours can do so we've given a whole suite of our preferred suppliers who are really excelling in this space so um, we provide details of places that tours can hire electric trucks for example we've given details of all the local uh, hotels so people can stay as close to the venue as quickly as possible to minimize the carbon footprint of moving backwards and forwards etc it's a really big piece of work and you know it's not something we want to keep to ourselves we've we've put it out into the world so other people can read it people can start getting understanding of these issues um and really it's for us it's the beginning of a conversation because we know that us as a venue have got some ability to start tackling these things but really it's the tours that have a really like huge ability to speak to fans and kind of push out a cultural message which can have such a huge impact beyond what we could do as a venue so this for us is kind of that first step on that journey and we're really excited to have it out in the world like people have been engaging with it people have tours have already picked it up and started asking us questions back which is is exactly what it was intended to do really um and i know for a fact that a couple of other venues are starting to look at developing their own versions of this as well so um fingers crossed it's going to have a quite big impact it certainly sounds like a ripple effect and yeah you can't underestimate how much um things can get across once you have someone famous on the face. I definitely got asked by my friends a lot more about my job after Billie Eilish did some heated (laughs) concerts. So I totally understand that, Sam. Yeah, I think that is sadly all the questions that we have time for. I know you're still super busy. 
with the spring concert season and ahead of sustainability um, data season, we're in the middle of as well. So I'll let you get going. Um, but thank you so much for your time, Sam. No worries at all. Pleasure to speak to you.